Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. This morning I want to speak to you about the danger of a dream. And I want you to take your seats this morning as we get into the Word of God. Everybody say the danger of a dream. Now just look at your name and say, neighbor, my middle name is Danger. Now say to the other person that you completely ignored and just say the same thing. Neighbor, my middle name is Danger. All right. Let's go to Genesis chapter 37 verse 5. It says, And now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. They hated him even more. Don't think that everyone is going to love your dream. Don't think that everyone is going to love you sharing your vision of your life and your business plan and your business idea. Don't think that people are so fond of you that they just want to hear what you're going to do with your money and with your life. People don't like you that much, first of all, all right? And be careful who you share your dream with because they, they will hate you for it. And we're going to get into the word this morning. Uh, on this topic of the danger of a dream. And there's about six dangers that I want to share with you guys. And welcome on Facebook Live. We're so glad that you are here with us today. Let's give it up for our Facebook Live audience, everybody. Thank you for joining us. So I want to tell you a quick story that my dream as a teenager was to become a doctor. But uh, not just any doctor. I wanted to become a plastic surgeon. And not just any plastic surgeon. I was a teenager. I mean, what do you expect me to want to become? My role model was Dr. 90210, and I wanted to move to Miami and just work it, you know? And uh, I found out shortly after my dream, I was dreaming about this life, and I'm going to make money, and, you know, just going to be the superstar in America just doing plastic surgery, you know? Be on television, all of those things. And I had this dream in my heart, and my dream was crushed for two reasons. Number one, I found out I wasn't that smart. If you put my math mark with my dad's math mark, with my brother's math mark, we will barely pass. <laughs> so the genes in the family is not for education. So I found out, you know what, I'm obviously not that clever, so let me drop this thing. And the second thing, the second reason why I found out I will never make it as a plastic surgeon is because I didn't even like blood. So every time I saw a wound or in biology, I took biology, they would bring us a heart. And I just found out I did not like this stuff. I like my organs inside my body, not outside on a table for me to get in touch with them. And my dream was crushed. How many of you have ever had a childhood dream that was just crushed because you just thought, no, this thing is not going to work. I'm not going to be that person anymore. I mean, I think half of the room here today is probably doing something that you weren't thinking about when you were a kid. You know, I, I don't think any kid like dreams and be like, yeah, I want to become a manager at this place, and I want to be HR at this. No, you don't dream that. As a kid, you're dreaming, I want to become a pilot and an astronaut and this thing and that thing. And as you go through life, 
those dreams kind of get crushed. And how many of you have ever had this conversation with either your parents or teachers or grandparents and you were telling them your dream and then they just gave you like this look, the silent look. They just looked at you and you immediately knew, nah, they don't think I can do this. I mean, you just told your mom and your dad, one day I want to become a pilot and they just looked at you, y'all, shame, you know, you will And you know when someone says shame, that's a sign already. That's not the thing you should be doing. And out, out of that encounter, how many of you know that you used to respond with this attitude of, I'll show you. I'll make it happen. I will become that. I will do that. Now, if I did that, I would have wasted seven years of my life studying to become a doctor, Pastor Ivan. And trying to work with blood and I would just suck it up and just try to make it happen because my parents and my teachers told me, no, you're not going to make it in that area. And now some dreams get birthed out of brokenness and pain because somebody told you you can't do it. Now you're just like, I want to do it even more. How many of you know that when someone says you shouldn't be laughing now, that's all you want to do? When I say, hey, don't think about a purple cow, every one of you is thinking about a purple cow right now. Because you're not supposed to be doing it. It's just a natural human instinct that if someone says you can't do it, immediately I want to do it. I want to do it even more now because you said I can't do it. And the only reason why that happens is because number one, a dream makes you bold. When you have a dream, you're bold. I'm telling you, when someone has a dream, they speak with boldness. They speak with so much courage that that's what they believe in because a dream will make you bold. It will give you boldness. But we see in the life of Joseph, how many of you know Joseph? Just raise your right hand if you know Joseph in the Bible. Joseph in the Bible went and he shared his dream, bro. Shared his dream with his brothers, his family, his close people. Because the dream made him bold. And if you read how he shared his dream, he used words like behold. (laughs) He was bold with his dream. And the problem is that a dream of boldness can turn into pride and arrogance real quick. We're like, yeah, I'm going to have millions and then I'll show you. And I'm going to have this car and then I'll show my family what I'm really made of and And that dream is birthed out of that false boldness that you just want to actually prove to someone that they're wrong. And it's not even your dream. And this dream can make you bold and it can turn into arrogance and pride. And we can argue this fact that Joseph should have or he shouldn't have shared his dream with his brothers. In my viewpoint, I think if Joseph had a journal, Quincy, he could have just written down his dream and vented on a piece of paper. But no. He wanted to go out there and just tell the whole world what his dream was. And the Bible says they hated him even more, man. They hated him even more. Which means they already hated him, Misha. How bad is it when someone hates you and then they hate you even more? And then he shared another dream. And the Bible says they hated him even more after that. I don't know how you can get a right to have so many haters, Dad. That you have, okay, now I hate you, but now I hate you more. And now, oh, I'm done with you. They're like, I hate the way you speak. I hate the way you breathe. Why are you sipping your coffee like that? And you just hate everything about that person. You don't like nothing about them anymore because 
They're a dreamer. And a dream will make you bold. And I would, I would say this to you this morning. Be careful who you share your dream with. Be careful who you tell your dreams to because not everyone is that fond of you. Not everyone likes you that much. Not everyone on Instagram follows you because they like you. They follow you because they just want to see what stupid things you're up to and what next they can, they can keep it against you. They can say, yeah, look at what they're doing. Look at what he's saying. Look at what you said. And your haters will always be there. And number two, the second danger of a dream is that God-given dreams should only be shared with God-given people. Joseph shared a dream with people that weren't God-given, even though it was his family. And I've got nothing against family, but there's certain family members that are out there to destroy you. They don't want to see you succeed. They don't want to hear how, how great it's going with you. So just watch your mouth around certain family members and around certain friends, because when God gives you a dream, that dream should only be shared with people that have the same God that have the same faith, that say, I'm standing with you, I'm believing with you, you sound crazy, but I'm with you, bro. You need people like that in your life, and his brothers, Pastor A, hated him because he was different. People don't like different. Oh, you just wear a different color to the venue that they, that they all wearing, they all wearing blue, you wear black, and they all complaining because it's different. They drive bad cars, you drive a nice car. They don't like your car, not because they don't like your car. They don't like their car. All right, you don't want to hear me preach this morning. It's fine. Joseph came from a different mom even. Jacob married two people. He had two wives. And the one that he had children with was Leah. Ugly Leah, that's what the Bible says. When the Bible says you're ugly, hey, you must know. And when it says you're beautiful, you must know. But he said it was ugly Leah. He had, he had children with her and then also with Rachel, beautiful Rachel. Stunning Rachel. And he had a child with her, Joseph. And you'll see in the Bible every time Jacob addresses Joseph, his name is changed to Israel. Different identity, different father. And Joseph was different from his brothers, even physically. He had all the looks. He looked awesome. You know, he had a six-pack. He, he was, the ladies were around him and all his brothers were just normal, regular dudes. And they hated him for it. They hated him because he was different. Because he was different. And number three, the third danger of a dream is that a dream will make you different. That a dream makes you different. That it doesn't matter what you do, your dream is going to make you different. It's going to set you apart. And Joseph was different because his dad even made him a Gucci jacket. And all the other brothers got cocky boss. They got Ackermans and, and Pip. They got, they got those clothes. And well, how does Joseph get Gucci Dad, you told me they didn't have money. Look at his jacket. And they were angry at him. They hated him even more because he was different. But you know what? I'm so proud of Joseph today because he wore his coat. He wore his difference in the midst of his haters, in the midst of the people that didn't like him. He wore the difference. And he wasn't ashamed of his difference. He wasn't ashamed of what made him different. Today, we have too many people that are the same 
They want to look the same. They want to feel the same thing. They want to have the same, same, same. They don't want to be different because they're afraid of it. But this morning, God is calling you not to be the same, not to look the same, not to dress the same, but to put on a coat, to put on a coat of difference, to put on a coat that's going to make you smell, you look different. Hallelujah. You were created to be the same. You were created to be different. And you need to wear your difference proudly. Never apologize for being different. Never apologize for being richer than your family. Never apologize for doing better and greater things than your friends. Never apologize for those things because God has called you and ordained you to be different. If you want to be the same, be my guest. You be like everybody else, but I want to be different. I want to do something different for the Lord. I don't want to be the same as everyone else. I want to be different. But being different comes with a price. Small people criticize big things. People that are not doing anything. People that are wasting their weekend. People that have so much time on their hands will always criticize someone that's doing something big. You will never find a billionaire or a millionaire or a man of God that's big and busy with their purpose, criticizing and judging somebody else that's doing nothing. They don't pay attention to those people. Why? Because they're different. When you're different, you don't have time for usual people. You don't have time for the same people. When you're different, you attract difference. That's why Joseph was kicked out of his household. He was put in a pit because they're like, we don't like it that you're different, man. We don't like it that you're wearing a different coat. He was kicked out of his household because he was different. How many people are different here this morning and appreciate their difference? Come on, they can call me crazy, but I'm different. They can call me crazy, but I'm free. They can call me crazy, but I'm healed. They can call me crazy, but I'm delivered, Ezra. They can call me crazy, but I'm the remnant. They can call me crazy, but I'm a child of God. I'm different. I don't want to serve the world. Come on, are you willing to wear your coat? of difference in the midst of your haters. Don't try drive a different car to a family function because, oh no, they're gonna, they're gonna judge my new car. The Lord bless you with it, drive it everywhere. Show off the blessing of God wherever you go. Be different, be different. Joseph was different, he was put in a pit and in a prison for it, but he ended up in a palace because he was different. The kings in the world out there are looking for the same kind of manager and the same kind of director and the same kind of ideas. The people out there want someone that thinks different. They want to think different. They want to feel a different idea. That's why South Africa, I believe, is so stuck. Because we just want, this is the norm. This is what we believe and that's it. When you go to America, when you go to Dubai, when you go to Qatar, to Singapore, you show me one thing that's the same as anywhere else in the world. they different. Dubai built a city on a desert, on sand. And they're the same age as us. When we became a democracy, Dubai decided, let's build a city. Let's build a country. And that man, that leader of that country built that place. And today, it's one of the most valuable places in the world. One of the biggest places in the world. Everyone's going there. They've got the oil. They've got tourism. They've got everything. They've got technology because they decided to be different. Appreciate your difference. Stop despising your hair that God gave you. You're different. 
Stop despising what you look like. You're different. Stop despising it. You're different. All right, let's stop with that point right there. You know, I always thought that the story of Joseph was one of perseverance and one of hold on to your dream and one of just, you know, if you're in the pit and you're in the prison, just hold on to the dream and, you know, you'll get out of the pit and you'll get out of the prison. And I always thought that the story of Joseph was like that. It was preached to me like that. And when I started getting into the story, I saw that it's not the way it was being preached. It's a whole different perspective on Joseph's life. And so many people today, tell me how many people know that today it's all about follow your dreams. You have a dream? Follow it. Martin Luther King, he had a dream? Follow it. You know, Nelson Mandela had a dream? You have a dream? Follow it. It's all about you have a dream? Follow the dream. Follow the dream. Yet I've never read in Genesis anywhere where Joseph was in the pit, he was in the prison, in the palace, he was thrown out, and the Bible says that Joseph followed his dream. If you find that scripture, then please come present it here this morning and stop preaching on that, but I cannot find one place where it says Joseph followed the dream. But what I do read the whole time is that the presence of the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph never followed a dream. He followed the presence of God and his dream followed him. And the fourth danger of a dream is that never follow your dream. Always follow the presence of God and the dream will follow you. You need to become a carrier of your dream. The dream is not the thing that I follow. It's the presence of God that I follow and the dream is inside of me. If you read the story of Joseph, you'll see that he had a dream about the sun, the moon and the stars. And if Joseph took the dream and not the presence of the Lord, he would have become an astronaut. He would have tried to get into heaven and see them, the sun and the moon and the stars. Because this is the key that never allow your dream to become your distraction. And I want to preach this thing this morning that so many people trust God. God, I just want a child. God, I just want a business. God, I just want a ministry. And then they get it. And then the presence of God just leaves them. And it's all about the business now. And I can't go to church because I have a business. I'm a businessman. I can't be in church. I've got too much money for church. Oh, no, my contract is this time. I need to be there. I need to be with the world. And they just follow the world. And now the dream that I was trusting God for becomes my distraction. And so many people get into this trap that as soon as the thing that they were trusting God for The thing that they trust in the Lord for now becomes a distraction. Instead of following God and pursuing God and pursuing Jesus, now we pursue the dream. All the single people in the house, let me tell you this, that you don't pursue a person. You pursue Jesus. You pursue Him. God will bring the right person to your life. Because here's the thing, the same person that you pursue will become your distraction. And you'll leave church. You'll leave God. You'll leave everything because this person is now all of a sudden so important. And the dream that you prayed for... Now becomes a distraction. First service was really responding to that point. What is up here, guys? Point number five, the danger of a dream, is that just because you can think of a big dream does not obligate God to bless it. We have too many people that just, they make up a dream. And then 
God, why aren't you blessing my dream? Well, God didn't give it to you. You know what's so interesting I found is that God gave Joseph the dream. Joseph never asked for the dream. Joseph didn't go to bed that night and be like, you know what, God, I really want a dream for my brothers and my father and my mother to bow down to me. I don't read that in the Bible. He went to bed, he had a dream, and he woke up and he shared his dream. He shared his vision. Not the wisest thing to do, but he shared it. He was bold about it because a dream will make you bold. And here's the thing, just because you can make up something doesn't obligate God to bless it. Not everyone's called to be in business. Not everyone's supposed to have a church. Not everyone's supposed to become a doctor. What if I tried plastic surgery? Shame, all the women that I would have tortured. They would have looked horrible. I would lose seven practices. I would have been bad at that. I would have, I'd be like, but God, this is the dream. God's like, I never called you to that. I never gave you that dream. You made it up. Now, why must I bless it? And we sometimes forget to just stop, press brakes, and just ask God, God, is this your will for my life? Maybe your business isn't prospering. Maybe whatever you're doing isn't prospering because that's not what God wants you to do. Or maybe you're in the pit and you're in the prison and that's fine. Those are seasons. But you can't be in that pit for 30 years of your life and die in the pit. That's not what God called you to do. That pit season is supposed to go, not quickly, but you're supposed to be in there for a while. Get your lesson and get out. But some people think, okay, yeah, because it's business, let me just, and they just start digging deeper in the pit. And they end up deeper, and then they're like, but God, this is a dream. God's like, what dream are you even talking about? I never gave you that dream. And what if today you just step back and you ask God, God, what is it that you want for my life? To all the single people here this morning, you just ask the Lord, Lord, that wife, that husband, that you have for me, make sure it's your will. And don't allow it to become a distraction. And you ask God, God, is this the right person? Because you know what? It's probably the biggest decision of your life. Let's ask anybody here that's been married for 20 years. How many times did you want to leave that person and you don't want to be with them anymore? And you woke up and the same person that was there on the honeymoon now looks like there's three of them. Or their hair is not the same. Or they lost an eyebrow. Or now they're deaf and you try to wake them up, they don't hear you anymore. And say, love, I want coffee in bed. And they're deaf, they just carry on with their And you're like, God, is this really the dream? If you've been married for 20 years, please don't ask the Lord now. It's too late. You're married. That's the will. Okay, that's done now. But to all the single people, you still have time, praise God, to get the best of the best out there. God can create a fish for you in the sea, brother. All right. I felt the anointing on that point. 
All right. Maybe it's time to just reflect on your life this morning and say, God, is this business your will for my life? Is this ministry your will for my life? Is this church your will for my life? Is this relationship your will for my life? And you just consult the Lord before you just jump in and say, God, you know, I love golf. I love golf, but I'm not good at it. I'm really not good at it. You know, when I hit the ball, the grass goes further than the ball. It doesn't work out for me. You can give me the best clubs in the world and I'll still just ruin them for you, okay? Just because I like it doesn't mean I should pursue my career in that now and be like, God, I want to become the next Tiger Woods and I want to become the next this and the next that and you just need to bless me because that's who I want to be. And God's like, I didn't call you to that. Just because you enjoy it doesn't mean that's what I want you to do. I can enjoy it. I can play it every now and then. I can suck at it and have it there. But that's not my calling. That's not my career. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And if we can just get to the place that before we jump into a business or jump into a relationship, we say, God, is that you? Or is that the devil? Is that a distraction? Because let me tell you something. If you've been in a pit for 30 years, that's a curse. That's not a pit. That's a curse. That's, if it's been dark for 30 years, then that's just a curse. And you need to get out of that thing and say, God, what do you want me to do? Because God blesses His will. God blesses what He wants you to do for Him. He created you. He made you with a purpose before you were even born. So He knows what you should be doing. And I want to close with this point today. That you remember Joseph had a dream about the sun and the moon and the stars bowing to him as a representation of his dad and his mom and his brothers that were bowing to him. And we see that Joseph had another dream of the sheaves that were bowing to his sheaf. And he had this dream and it was a representation of his brothers bowing to him and his family bowing to him. And Joseph shares the dream and immediately his brothers throw him in a pit. Like they sell him. They take his coat away from him. They rip it apart. So they took his difference. And they, they threw him in a pit, hoping that he would die. And actually, they, he was sold then. He was bought then as a slave. So he goes from, and this is what usually happens when, when you have a dream. I want to warn you about this. When you have a dream, it's immediately going to go, whoop, the process is starting. God will show you the end product. But it'll take you right to the beginning. Say, this is where you need to start. This is where you need to begin. And you say, but God, you showed me that I would be a king. I've got no money. I've got no business. I've got nothing to my name. But you said I'll be a king. You said I'll be a pastor. You said I'll have a ministry. And I've got 20 people. I've got 10 people on Easter. On Easter. But God, what is it that you want for my life? And God will give you the dream, but he'll start the process immediately. Because here's the thing, with a director of a movie, he'll give the vision of the movie, but then they'll have to start shooting the scenes and paying for the bills. And it takes a while before that movie goes live. There was an animation, a Spider-Man animation that came out, I think this year. The Marvel design. It took four years to create it. It took 800 designers to do it. 
and they could only do one second a week of the movie. It took 800 people to do this movie. And I want to tell you that your life is like that movie where some weeks it's slow. It's like you feel like you just did this. But it's okay. God is working. God is working. He's working on a second every week. He's changing your character every week. He's like, I'm taking you through this process because I need to change you. I need to transform you. Because here's the thing. God will show the end product. He'll show the dream. And He'll say, that's where I want you to be. But the person that you are now needs to die. And Joseph had to go to a pit to die because he shared with pride his dreams. And, and then God said, hey, whoa, let me just bring you down. Let me start the process. And he started working on Joseph. And I just wish that Joseph had a journal in that pit and in that prison to start writing down some ideas, some creative things. Because I believe that when you're in those processes in life, God speaks to you even more. God, God deals with you more, what you need to become and who you need to become because you'll share the vision, but the person that you need to become, it has a process attached to it and it's painful. It's not nice. It's not easy. It's not hopeful. The process sucks sometimes, but you've got to make peace with the process. And Joseph had this dream. They threw him in a pit. He went to a prison and he ended up in a palace. And sometimes we think, okay, that's the story. Awesome. But Joseph is standing there in power, second in charge. And he's the most powerful man in the world. Because he has all the food, all the resources, all the cattle. He has everything. The whole world is in drought. Joseph is in abundance. And when the whole world was in abundance, Joseph was in his pit. Joseph was in his prison. Other people are prospering. The world is prospering. And you say, God, I'm a child of God. And look at where I am. And Joseph was in that place for a reason. Because when the world had nothing, who did they run to? They weren't like, whose God does Joseph believe in? And what religion is Joseph? They were like, no, I'm hungry, man. I need food. I don't care who you believe in now. I just need Food And Joseph became the most powerful man in the world. He's standing there, and guess who comes to the party? His brothers that sold him. His brothers, they pitch up, and they don't even recognize Joseph. And Joseph is standing there. And how many of you know if you were in Joseph's position, those haters would have paid? Oh, you want food? No. Go find a McDonald's. I think it's next to my pit. Can I get you some prison food? And you would have been all like chuffed up that, oh, my brothers, my haters came back. They need me now. And Joseph realizes, God makes him realize in that moment, he's standing there, world power. He's got a nice suit on. He went from Gucci jacket to tailor-made, whatever he wanted. The Joseph brand is in the world now. And... Oh, he's looking good, like a million bucks. He's standing there, probably had to shave his head, but he's a nice bolded, you know, like those pharaohs had. And he was standing there, and his brothers are standing in front of him. And he realizes that day and in that moment that my dream was never for status. It was for service. And that's the sixth danger of a dream. Is that some of you today have gone through the pit already? You've gone through the prison already? 
You've gone through betrayal. Joseph's life, and I, I encourage everyone to go read it. Dad was speaking to me about it. Joseph's life literally has every aspect you can think of. Lying, deceit, betrayal, rejection, lust, integrity, business, the praises of the Lord. Like that man went through everything. He just went through the process. And he's standing there and he realizes that my dream that the Lord gave me 20 years ago. Now we're two decades into the story. Remember when you read the Bible, it does, what takes you five minutes to read, it doesn't happen in five minutes. It happened in years. And we're two decades later in the story. And Joseph realizes that the dream he was given was never about him. It was about serving people. And I want to encourage you today. Some of you are in the palace today. You're rich. You have money. It's going well with the business. Your family is prospering. It's going good. You've been through betrayal. You've been through everything. And the Lord wants to tell you today that the money, that the cars, that the houses, the business, it's not about you. It's not about just blessing you and your household. It's about serving other people. Your dream is not about status. It's about serving. And I want to tell you this today. There are two groups of people here today. And you guys can dim the house lights for me. Thank you. There are two groups of people today. Number one, you've been chasing a dream that you made up yourself. You've been stuck in a pit. You've been stuck in a prison. And you've been chasing a dream thinking that it was God-given, but God never gave it to you. And you've been chasing something that is not given by the Lord. And it's a, a dream that you made up by yourself. And you, you're thinking, God, why aren't you blessing this business? Why aren't you blessing this relationship? Why aren't you prospering me? It's because it was never from the Lord. That's the first group of people. The second group of people, you thought your dream was for you. But God is telling you today that your dream was designed to serve people. And to serve a legacy bigger than yourself. And I want to just set everyone at ease here today. That not everyone is called to do business. You don't need to start a business to live a dream. You don't need to start a company to live a dream. You don't need to. Some people are not made for that. But they were made for something else. Some people weren't made for ministry, but they were made for something else. Some people weren't made to be in sports, but they were made for something else. And I want to tell you this today. You remember Mary in the Bible, Jesus' mother? The angel appeared to her and said, You will carry, you will conceive the Messiah. The Holy Spirit will impregnate you with the Messiah. You will become the mother of this child. And her husband, Joseph, finds out she's pregnant. Now let me just see how many men would be mad if your wife came to you and said, The Holy Spirit impregnated me. Ay, bo, ay, bo. I'm out. I say, Tenille, no ways, gone. Wedding off. No Holy Spirit in this thing. And Joseph was faced with that thing. And an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, I want you to help her. I want you to believe her. And Joseph's dream, the, the, the father-in-law of Jesus, stepfather of Jesus, sorry. His dream was just to help his wife. 
So I want to tell you today that your dream doesn't have to be this big thing. I want to cure cancer and I want to make the whole of Africa rich. And you don't have to. Just chillax and ask the Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? That's as easy as it gets. And if he says, yes, I want you to cure cancer, then you do it with the blessing of God. But if he says, all I want you to do is raise godly children, then you raise godly children. You bring them to the house of God. You don't send them to the house of God and you stay at home. You bring them. You bring them to youth. We'll build them. You take them to children's church. They'll build them. And you raise godly children. You raise godly businessmen and women for our generation. Your dream doesn't have to be this massive thing. But if it is this massive thing, just make sure it's God. And not your own desire and your own will. And today is the day that you die to self. And die to your own desires. And die to what you want to do with your life. And ask God, God, what is it that you want for me? Because the moment you do that, I promise you, you will experience freedom. You will experience liberation. And God will set you free from all that stress you've been putting on yourself. If He called you to become a good mom, become a good mom. Raise godly people. Raise godly children. If He called you to be a teacher, don't shy away from it. If He called you to become a pastor, then don't be in business. If He called you to be a businessman, don't try to be a pastor. Be in the will of God for your life and you'll see the presence of the Lord there. This morning, I want to speak to you and I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to check your heart real quick this morning. Just check your heart. Are you doing what you want to do or are you doing what God has called you to do? Ask yourself that question this morning in your heart. Am I in the will of God? I want you to ask yourself that question. Am I in the will of God? Am I in His will for my life? I want you to speak to the Lord. Open your mouth and start asking Him, God, is what I'm doing your will? Is what I am doing your will? Is, is this relationship your will for my life? Is this business your will for my life? God, what is it that you want me to do? I will do that thing, Lord. I will raise godly children. I will build a big business. I will build a big church. I will become the best house of peace leader. Whatever it is, that what your will is, God, I will do that. The Lord spoke to me this morning about a mom that is here today. And your dream is for your kids just to serve God. You're trusting for your children's salvation. If that is you, lift up your right hand. I want to see if you're that mom here this morning. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I want you, if you're close to those people, just put your hands on their shoulder, please. We're going to pray for those moms this morning. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I pray, oh God, that you'll touch the moms in our house. You will touch their hearts. God, you know, Lord, that I'm a product of a praying mom. And I want to tell every mom here today, never stop praying for your kids. Never stop interceding for your kids. Lord Jesus, I pray that your presence will touch them right now. And your presence will touch their children in the name of Jesus. That their children will serve God, not just on a Sunday, but a Monday right through to a Sunday in Jesus name that there'll be everyday Christians Bible believing Christians in Jesus name Holy Spirit fill people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ Lord we release your power we release your presence now in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah alright if there are people here today and you fall in any of those two categories that I called out you're saying you don't know what the will of God is for your life or you're saying yeah I'm in the palace but I need to start serving people with my 
my dream. Lift up both hands and we're going to pray for you this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lift up both hands. We want to pray with you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you give them the grace to surrender. I pray that you give them the grace to surrender. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak to them in dreams. You speak to them in visions. Lord, you show them the right person for their lives. You show them the right business. You show them the right job. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I release your will in this place. Oh, I release your will. I release your will. I release your peace. I release your peace. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Raise your hands. Close your eyes. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I ask you today. I ask you today. To forgive me. To forgive me. For doing, for doing my own thing, my own thing. I surrender, I surrender my will to you. I will to you. I surrender, I surrender my heart to you. My heart to and you. Lord, and Lord, I open, I open my heart, my heart, my eyes, my eyes, my mind. My mind. Lord, that you will speak to me, that you will speak to me in dreams, in dreams and in visions, and in visions regarding my life. Regarding my life. Lord, I make a vow. Lord, I make a that my dream, that my dream will serve other people. Will serve other people, even the ones that hate me. Even the ones that hate in me. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' name. Let's give God a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.